days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I want to talk about some key 49ers in the playoffs. And these are guys that are going to have to make an impact if the 49ers hope to get to where they want to get. Las Vegas in February and a chance to win the Super Bowl. When it comes down to it, the 49ers have a lot of pivotal players. I mean, there's going to be more than the 22 starters that are expected to help this football team win games. They're going to need everyone. And at some point, everyone's going to have to step up and make a play for their football team and help out. But along the way during the season, there have been some areas that have been maybe a little bit troubling or areas that the four yards need to improve at. Or maybe now there's an injury and somebody needs to step up in that place. So the 49ers are going to have some key performers that have to play at their best for the 49ers to have an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. Now, the 49ers definitely have the talent. They have the players. They have the ability. We've seen it all year long. We've seen some of these players step up in a big way and make an impact for the San Francisco 49ers. But now it's going to be in the biggest stage where every single moment is highlighted, where every single play is scrutinized, and where every single play is so important. George Kittle, during his press conference, said the difference between the playoffs and the regular season was taught to him uh, by Joe Staley and others was the fact that during the regular season, you might chirp and have friendly banter with the opposing team. But in the playoffs, that kind of stops. Everyone's more serious. He talked about how the backside defensive end sometimes during the regular season won't go full speed. Uh, He'll take a playoff, or maybe a wide receiver won't run a whole route. But in the playoffs, that doesn't happen. Everyone's senses are heightened. Everyone's going out there and doing and giving their absolute best that they possibly can on every single play because that play could be the difference between you getting to the next round of the playoffs or you winning a Super Bowl and you going home, playing golf, uh, going fishing, going on vacation. Those things you want to delay. There's going to be plenty of time for that in the end of February. So the San Francisco 49ers have some key players that need to step up and be difference makers. And in some cases, they just need to step up and not be a problem. So we're going to go through the list in this episode. We're going to talk about these players and how they need to make an impact on the San Francisco 49ers. These are key 49ers in the playoffs. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I hope I earn your subscription. Uh, If you've watched the other content and and if you're here for the first time, maybe this episode will be the one that helps you decide that you want to subscribe to the channel. Appreciate all of you. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you guys so much. If you want to give a rating, a five-star rating, I'd very much appreciate that. And if you're going to bet, why not bet with Bet Online? The playoffs are here. There's going to be plenty to bet on. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE 
That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I'm going to start on defense. The reason I'm going to start on defense is because the 49ers went out and they made a huge move on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, they've made a few of them. And one of those moves was going out and getting Chase Young. And Chase Young has been a revelation early on. As soon as he got there, guess what? Nick Bosa's numbers started going through the roof. You've seen other players taking off. And this 49ers defensive line was getting home to the quarterback, not just getting pressure. And there was a lot of question marks about this 49ers defensive line before that trade was made. Greg Jackson had been injured. He went to the IR. They weren't consistently getting pressure from Cleveland Farrell or for even the newly acquired Randy Gregory. So they were looking for options at the defensive end spot, and here came Chase Young. Now, the 49ers have continued to put Chase Young as a rotational piece. There are times he rushes with Nick Bosa, but he hasn't been starting football games. That has been Cleveland Farrell. During the Los Angeles Rams game, unfortunately, Cleveland Farrell suffered an injury. He's going to be out for the divisional round. He may be out for the NFC Championship as well. That we don't know. Hopefully, it's just the divisional round. But in that revelation, you have to have a player that could step up. And in this game, it's going to be Chase Young. Chase Young has to be a key San Francisco 49er. And really, whether Cleveland Farrell was playing or not, Chase Young was going to be a key 49er. We know Nick Bosa is always a key, and we know there are other players like Javon Hargrave or Fred. Those guys are always keys to your success. But there are guys that are keys that can put you over the top. Chase Young is one of those guys. This is a guy that has the ability to get home. This is a guy that has the ability to win one-on-one matchups on the outside. He's got the speed. He's got the power. He's got the instincts to be able to do it. Now we just got to go see it. And Nick Bosa talked about in his press conference about how Chase Young and Randy Gregory are still learning the ways that Chris Kacerik teaches. And that's part of the reason that Cleveland Farrell continues to get the nod in the starting lineup. He understands the angles, the attacking points, the things that Kacerik and Daryl Tapp are looking for. So he said Chase Young and Randy Gregory are going to have to learn fast. And they are. And Chase Young's going to be a big part of this 49ers game plan no matter who they're playing. Because now that you get to the playoffs, you're playing the best of the best. Fact is, once the 49ers play in the divisional round, it's going to be down to the top four teams in the NFC. Every single one of them have good tackles. But the real reason why you're a key is, number one, you have to stop the run. You have to be able to set an edge as a starting defensive end in the wide nine. And it's not an easy job to do. When you're in the wide nine, you're giving extra space. So you have to be able to go in, take that take that player on, squeeze it down when you're supposed to. Sometimes you have to face mobile quarterbacks. It's not an easy job. But Chase Young has to answer the bell. He, he must answer the bell in this one. He must do a very good job to help this 49ers football team do everything they can do to win. Uh, they, need, they need Chase Young to make an impact. They need him to make an impact very quickly. Because having that force opposite of Nick Bosa changes the game. It makes it easier for Bosa. I know a lot of teams are still going to want to double team. A lot of teams are still going to want to continue to leave that side of the defense available. So Chase Young has to win. And yes, we talked about setting the edge against the run, but he has to get it done as far as rushing the passer as well. 
Case Young rushing the passer is going to be pivotal to the 49ers' success. If he can consistently put pressure from his side, it's going to not just open things up for Nick Bosa, but open things up for the interior defensive line where you have a stud interior defensive lineman in Javon Hargrave and the blueprint in Eric Armstead. The 49ers have the tools. They have the weapons. They have the guys that can get it done on the inside. And when you get that pass rush going, as long as Chase Young is doing his part, those four guys together should be able to consistently put pressure on a quarterback. And what is the 49ers' main objective when they go in? Play zone coverage, rush four, and get pressure on the quarterback and hope that he throws the ball errantly and you get some turnovers. If you play discipline-style football, eventually you will force somebody to make a mistake. That's the goal. So Chase Young is going to be huge for the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. And it would have been the same whether Cleveland Farrell was playing or not, but now it's even more heightened. He needs to be even better uh, because the 49ers need that player opposite Nick Bosa. We've seen what it looks like when D Ford was out there in 2019. This defense was different. And I think the 49ers have the potential to do that, but it's going to count on Chase Young stepping up and making a big-time play. And another player that's going to be on this list of key 49ers is Eric Armstead. Because when Eric Armstead is on the field, this defense is so much better. Number one, they're better against the run. Because there's not a defensive lineman on this team that is better than Eric Armstead at taking on double teams, disengaging, and making tackles. There's nobody on this team that is as good as him about occupying blockers and allowing linebackers to roam free. Eric Armstead is a pivotal piece to this 49ers defense, and they absolutely need him out there. His return to practice is so good to hear. The 49ers are going to need him because whoever they play is going to be out there trying to run the football, whether that's the Packers or the Rams or the Eagles or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Detroit or Dallas. They have to establish a run game against the 49ers. If they don't, they become one-dimensional. One-dimensional teams do not win Super Bowls in the NFL. It just can't happen. You have to find balance. And with Eric Armstead, Yvonne Hargrave, and two good defenders setting the edge, the San Francisco 49ers become very hard to run on. When you do hold a team low in rush yardage like the 49ers have done consistently this season, you make them have to throw the ball down the field. Well, what that makes is that makes your defensive backs more aware that it's going to be a pass. That makes your pass rushers able to kind of pin their ears back and go. They no longer have to prepare for the run as much. It forces third and long situations where you can get off the field. So having Eric Armstead is going to be absolutely pivotal. And I know he's going to be pivotal in the run game, but I don't want to ignore how pivotal he's going to be in the passing game. Eric Armstead is a very good pass rusher from the inside. In fact, when he gets to playoff time, Eric Armstead is on a different level. Eric Armstead has the technique and the moves to be able to beat guards one-on-one. You want to single him up because you have to take care of the gravedigger. You have to take care of Nick Bosa. That's great for the 49ers. Eric Armstead can win one-on-one matchups. And the reason he's so tough to deal with on the interior is he can beat you in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be a quick move. He's not just a speed rusher yet he can beat you with the speed rush. He's not just a guy that can push you back and blow you into the quarterback, but he does that as well. And collapsing the pocket is one of the most significant ways 
to put pressure on a quarterback. Inside pressure is more dynamic than outside pressure. If you can get Hargrave and Armstead up the field into a quarterback's face, they are more likely not only to be sacked, but to make a mistake because that's where their vision is. They're looking down that way. Plus, when you're playing players like Jalen Hurts, they like to lower their head and think about running. So it's very significant for Eric Armstead to use all of his techniques. He's also very good in stunts. When you have Armstead and you have Hargrave, you have two guys in the middle that are effective if they need to run a stunt. PE stunts can be very dynamic to confuse blocking, but you have to have somebody athletic enough to get to the outside in case the play breaks down, quarterback escapes the pocket, or they go to a run play. Don't always guess right when it comes to pass. Armstead played defensive end. He understands where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. He knows how to play with leverage. So Armstead coming back is very significant. Uh, him and, and Chase Young, their effect in the playoffs is going to be huge. And stopping the run is going to be so big for the 49ers, and Eric Armstead is going to be a key reason why. I, I think when you're looking at the defense, you can get it done in the front seven. It helps everything that happens in the back, the back end. And so the 49ers know having Armstead stop the run, help them stop the run, and also increase that rotation. Because when you reinsert Armstead into the starting lineup, Armstead and Hargrave, they're going to handle you know, a lot of the snaps. But now you've got a nice rotation. You have Kinlaw, who's been doing pretty good this year. You have Kevin Givens. And you have a fifth guy, Sebastian Joseph Day. So if you need to give a little bit more rest to Eric Armstead, you can. And that's a huge luxury for the San Francisco 49ers. A fresh Eric Armstead that multiple weeks to rest. Now he's going to have come out, going to play a game, two games in a row. Then he's going to have another break. Very significant for the 49ers. He's a key 49er in the playoffs. Number three on defense, Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, of course, had the hand surgery. That's not really what this conversation is about. What this is about is, when you're looking at the 49ers defense and you're looking for weaknesses in the secondary, at cornerback, Ambry Thomas is the one that you target. It doesn't mean he's weak. It doesn't mean he's not good. It just means we haven't had success going against AP Mooney over there. We haven't had a lot of success going against Diamond Lenore. Let's go after Ambry Thomas. We've seen opportunities where he plays a little off and gives us stuff underneath. We've seen him fall for double moves this season and have plays over the top. So that's where the other teams are going to look to attack. They want to find weaknesses in your defense. But Ambry Thomas has played with a lot of confidence this year, and he really has competed at a high level. And he's a key for the 49ers because if he plays up to his potential, he's going to help the 49ers shut down a lot of offenses because there's not a lot of wiggle room for these teams to find opportunities down the field, to find opportunities in the passing game. And if Ambry Thomas can play sticky coverage, if Ambry Thomas can play on top of these receivers and force them, the quarterback, to hold the ball for even a half second longer, that might be just long enough for Bosa and the rest of that defensive line unit to get home and get a big sack. So Ambry Thomas is going to be hugely pivotal. He cannot allow big plays down the field, and he also can't allow really easy short uh, throws underneath where they can just start picking the 49ers apart with these precision passes that get the ball out of their hands quickly and take the pass rush out of the game. 
So it's going to be very important for Ambry Thomas to play well, for him to play sticky coverage, and for him to play well enough for this 49ers team to withstand uh, you know, these offenses and what they're going to provide. So he's going to be a key element for this 49ers defense, and really it's been a question mark all season since they've went to this look where Isaiah Oliver was no longer on the nickel, Diameter Lenore moved inside, and Ambry went outside. It was, what Ambry are we going to get? Is it going to be more 2021? Is it going to be 2022 Ambry? We didn't know, and really what we got was a better, uh, more physical version of all those. This is the best Ambry Thomas that we've seen, and I want to see him take that next step in the playoffs, play with a lot of aggressiveness, play with a lot of confidence, and get out there and compete. And I think if he does, and he plays up to his potential, the San Francisco 49ers secondary is going to be very hard to take advantage of they might just have an opportunity to shut some teams down. But there's going to be some tough matchups, whether you're going against the Packers, and they have a lot of young players, Romeo Dalves. I don't know if Christian Watson will be back. We'll see by the time 49ers would play him in the divisional round. Look at the Rams, and they've just got wide receivers on wide receivers with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. Uh, they're very talented there. That would be a tough matchup. Then you got the Eagles, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, if they're healthy. Then you look over at Tampa Bay. They got Mike Evans, uh, right? They, they've got talent on talent. Uh, Godwin as well. So it's not like there's going to be an easy path for the 49ers as far as the defensive backs dealing with wide receivers in this league. So Ambry's going to be a key component. And if he can play up to his potential, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be just fine in the secondary. Now, last on defense is going to be one of his secondary mates. And this one is a two-parter because we don't know for sure yet who that guy is going to be. In fact, I did a video about this earlier in the week. Who starts, Logan Ryan or Jair Brown? And the reason that this is pivotal is because I talked about finding weaknesses. Well, this is could be a, a potential weakness depending on who plays. If Jair Brown plays, the teams are probably going to try to attack him, use his aggressiveness against him. They like to give him looks that he feels confident in, that he can jump up, buzz, be flat-footed, and try to jump routes, and then they go over the top on him. When it comes to his playing in the run game, though, he does a pretty good job. Now, he has missed some tackles this year, but he's hyper-aggressive. He gets downhill. He takes pretty good angles. He's very physical in the box. So those areas, he's strong. When you look at Logan Ryan, he's a little bit more disciplined. He understands concepts more. He's more patient with his reads. He doesn't instinctively go just with pre-snap, but he trusts his eyes post-snap. But that's the veteran ability of Logan Ryan. He's just seen more than Jair Brown at this point in his career. You think back, even in the All-Pro season, this is what happened to Ufonga. He trusted his eyes a lot pre-snap. He made some huge plays. And then teams started giving him looks and making him jump things that weren't there. And then they had some opportunities over the top. So you just see that with Jair Brown and Logan Ryan. It is just a bit of a player that's been around, that's seen it, that's comfortable with what he's looking at concept-wise from the offense and understanding what his goal is and what his job is within the defense. Limit explosives, and you have the opportunity to make a turnover. So it's going to be interesting to see if the 49ers go with the explosive playmaking ability of Jair Brown or the more established, uh, comfortable feeling of Mason Ryan. But whoever has that job is going to be highly important to the San Francisco 49ers defense. They have to make sure they're good in coverage, that they help limit the effectiveness of plays down the field. All the while, when they're tasked to go into the box, they must play really good run fits and help stop the run. 
because a lot of times the safety in the 49ers defense accounts as an extra linebacker. 49ers bring eight in the box. They expect that guy to play the run and fill his gap. They play a gap-oriented defense. And so everyone has to account for a gap. And when a safety's there, it's his job to account for the open gap. So we saw Logan Ryan get better at that against the Los Angeles Rams. That was good news. He struggled the week before, but we saw a better uh, time from him as he got more acclimated with his 49ers defense and their responsibilities. But let's see who the 49ers decide to go with. The one thing I know is we'll probably see both. I think we'll see Jair sometimes. I think sometimes we'll see Logan Ryan. I do expect Logan Ryan to get the start because of what I talked about. He'll limit uh, the down, the big explosive plays, and he showed so much improvement in run fits. Plus, they talked about him being a better communicator. So I fully expect him to start, but I think even then we would see Jair Brown, and I'm very confident that those two guys together can get it done. But it's going to be a key because defenses are going to look for weak links. Ambry Thomas potentially in secondary, but if he shows up and shows out like he's definitely capable of doing, they're going to have to turn their attention to either a young safety or a veteran that they believe they can take advantage of. Uh, So we'll see. And the defense is definitely stacked for the 49ers. Now let's flip it over to the offensive side of the ball for the most important and key players for the 49ers in the playoffs. And I think number one has to start with Colton McKivitz. Uh, This has been a conversation for years now. Even when Mike McGlinchey was the right tackle, fans and the fan base have always asked about the right tackle position. It was definitely heightened this year. A lot of people thought the 49ers were going to draft a right tackle. They chose not to. Instead, they signed Colton McKivitz to a two-year deal, gave him the keys to the position. And really, Colton McKivitz got off to a, a struggling start. I mean, but he was going against TJ Watt. Not easy by any means or any stretch of the imagination. What I think we've seen from Colton McKivitz is him somewhat settle in. Now, we're getting not great tackle play, decent tackle play, uh, but he's got to step up in the playoffs. You're going to see good good edge defenders. Who are you going to go against if you play the Green Bay Packers? Hello, Rashawn Gary. Hello, Preston Smith. Not exactly an easy road. You play the Rams, you're going to see Hoyt. You're going to see Byron Young. Pretty good edge guys there, plus... You always run the risk of them moving Aaron Donald to the outside. Not an easy way to go about it. When you go to Philadelphia, it's everyone, right? It's Graham. It's Hassan Reddick. Uh, They've got a lot of talent there. So that's really tough. Well, Sweat, I can't forget Sweat. Uh, Philadelphia fans would be very upset about that. So they've got talent on the edge. And then Tampa Bay, they still got guys that can bring pressure, whether it's Joe Tryon or others. They have a talented defensive line as well. So there's no easy road for Colton McKivitz, but it's highly important for Colton McKivitz to play well. If he can play well and keep Brock Purdy upright and allow Brock Purdy to operate within the offense, the 49ers are going to score points. If Colton McKivitz can make his blocks on the edge in the run game and he can get some movement on edge defenders, especially when the 49ers are playing against a 3-4 defense and they can run to the right, the 49ers offense will be very hard to stop. Right now, teams know the 49ers want to run left behind Trent Williams and Aaron Banks. But if they could effectively run to the right as well, then they're balanced in the run game. And if he can block in the passing game, then they're balanced in the passing game. That's when the 49ers offense becomes absolutely elite. But this is when these these matchups are highlighted. This is when you get put on an island. The 49ers are going to do their best to use the strengths of their offensive line, make them go forward in the blocking in the blocking department, 
allow them to run block more than they pass block, and then move the pocket with play action and make it a little bit easier for these offensive linemen. But it's going to be highly important and pivotal that Colton McKivitz steps up in this. If Colton McKivitz has struggling games, if he struggles against some of these key pass rushers, the San Francisco 49ers could struggle. And that's not what you want at this time. Can the 49ers be able to overcome this level of play at right tackle from Mike McGlinchey? But we need Colton McKivitz to step it up just a little bit. I want to keep it to the inside on the offensive line. Since I fully expect John Feliciano to start at right guard, I think the right guard spot is pretty summed up and pretty comfortable with what Feliciano could do. I don't think he has to be a key contributor because I think he's going to already be solid and successful there. But I am going to talk about Aaron Banks. And the reason I'm going to talk about Aaron Banks is normally I would think of him in the Feliciano role where I'm not really worried. They're going to go do their job in the run game. They're going to be effective at pass blocking. Is because he's been dealing with so many injuries. The 49ers need Aaron Banks to step up and make a lot of plays. They need him to be hyper-aggressive in the run game, but he needs to learn to kind of take some of his his vertical base out. He stands up so straight a lot of times, and I think a lot of that's the injuries that he's dealing with, but he needs to get down and he needs to get some proper technique in his second-level blocks. That way, defenders can't disengage from him and get off onto the running back. There have been some opportunities for more explosive plays if Banks' technique would have been on point. And I know he's dealing with injuries and he just might not be capable of giving the effort or the effective blocking that I am telling you that he needs to give. Uh, So we have to take that into consideration. But I think if Aaron Banks can play up to the level that he played during the first half of the season, and maybe this time off allowed him to heal up, whether that's his shoulder or that's his toe, uh, whatever it may be, if he can get back to that early form where we saw him in those first five weeks and him and Feliciano can play at the top of their game, the San Francisco 49ers interior offensive line is going to be rough because those two guys are big and physical. They can move people at the point of attack. They can anchor against physical uh, pass rushers. It's the perfect situation for the 49ers as long as Banks is healthy. He's a key cog in this because if Banks isn't healthy, Banks isn't able to play up to that level, you're going to get some pressure on Brock Purdy up the middle. And you can't have pressure up the middle on Brock Purdy. He has to be allowed to play the role that he wants to play. So, Warriors are going to have to do something there. They're going to have to make sure Aaron Banks is healthy, and he's a key contributor in this game in the left guard position. Look for Banks to be highly effective in this game, uh, in the divisional round and throughout the playoffs. I think he's going to be healthy enough, and then the 49ers can feel comfortable. But if he's not, might have to flip Feliciano back to left guard, go with Spencer Burford. Uh, But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that Aaron Banks has shown that potential, and I'm hoping that we're going to get to see that again from Banks here in the playoffs. Number three on offense is Jawan Jennings. And Jawan Jennings is a multi-talented player for the 49ers because, yes, he's a wide receiver. Uh, and a, a pretty good wide receiver at that. But his blocking ability is huge. And the 49ers have been missing that blocking from the wide receiver position. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they do a really good job. Chris Conley competes. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod competes. But Jawan Jennings is an absolute game changer. And why do I say that? And why is he a key for the 49ers in the playoffs? Well, he can block edge defenders. He can get there on linebackers. Before he was out with the concussion, they were using him on basically wham blocks from the wide receiver position. 
he was coming in and he was kicking defensive linemen and linebackers down in the hole and springing huge runs for Christian McCaffrey. It was a new wrinkle to the 49ers run game. It's not uncommon for that player to come down and get a linebacker, but it was way uncommon to see him come down and pick up a defensive lineman. That was something new. That is the physicality and the approach to blocking that Jawan Jennings gives your team, which means he gives the team a lot more versatility and flexibility when it comes to their scheme and how they want to block up the running game, which we know is very important in the playoffs. You want to establish a successful running game so that way you can build off that with play action. And that opens up the middle of the field for the 49ers where they love to live. Brandon Ayuk, favorite place to run routes. He just said this this week, over the middle. Uh, So that's something the 49ers definitely like to do. And Jennings gives them the distinct ability to do so. So I do think Jawan Jennings is huge for the 49ers in the run game. He's going to be a key player. But I think he's going to be a key player on third down as well. I mean, it has been well-documented how good Jawan Jennings has been getting first downs finding the yard marker, and just being able to get a first down. Well, when you get into these games and these teams are highly focused on players like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, you just don't pay as much attention to a Jawan Jennings. You might think, oh, I can put my my safety on him or I can go ahead and, and put my nickel corner. And in some cases, you may be right because Jawan Jennings is not the big, not the biggest, not the fastest. But what he does do is create separation with unique uh, route running ability. He has big, strong hands to catch the football and power to be able to break through the initial tackle and get extra yards. I think he's going to be huge in these playoff games because just when you think you've got everything taken care of, Jawan Jennings can be the matchup you want. Yeah, you can put your smaller nickel corner out there. Jawan Jennings is more big and physical than him. You can also use Jennings to block in the run game against that, that small nickel corner. Or you could put a big, more physical safety type on him, and he could beat them vertically down the field or create separation with his route running and is still strong and physical enough to battle them uh, you know, and work through it. So I think that it's going to be a huge, huge improvement for the 49ers in the passing game. It's going to be absolutely imperative in the run game because Jawan Jennings is very significant. When you have him, Kittle, and Juszczyk on the field together, or if you have him and Kittle on the field together, they can do all the things that you get when you get use check. It's just one of the most interesting things to see, whether you're in 11 personnel and you have Jennings as one of the three wide receivers, or you're in 21. Uh, when Jennings is out there and he's out there with Kittle and use check, it's probably a run, uh, but you have to be careful. They can still beat you in the pass, but uh, those guys are highly effective in the way that they attack edge defenders. And now some of the new ways they've been using Jawan Jennings, it's been Absolutely fantastic. And then number four on offense is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy just has to stay healthy. If Brock Purdy goes out there and he handles his business uh, the way that I know he can, he goes out there and he executes this offense, then the 49ers are going to be just fine. And uh, I, I think that he knows what he's supposed to do. I put him on there because quarterback is a key performer in any offense. Brock Purdy just needs to go out there and play within himself, uh, take the throws that are there, uh, and make make the plays that, that Kyle Shanahan has schemed up. And guess what? When something breaks down and you've got to go make something happen, go do it. Play free, play comfortable, limit mistakes, and you'll be just fine. And I have a lot of faith in Brock Purdy, his potential, uh, what he could do in the playoffs. I've seen him do it in the playoffs last year. I think he'll be even more control of his emotions, and he'll be ready to go out there and make a statement. So I'm very excited. These are some key players for the 49ers in the playoffs. Let me know if you agree with this list. You think there's more players 
that, that are key contributors that need to be talked about, uh, let me know in the comment section down below. Uh, this episode of 40 Yards Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, there's going to be more content coming your way, of course. And by the time we get to next week, we're going to know who the opponent is, and we'll be getting full-fledged all into that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I thank you guys all for coming and joining me on this episode. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, if you watch, maybe I earned your subscription. Please subscribe. If you listen to the audio platform, I appreciate all of you. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.